Welcome back to the Man Catholic Podcast. I'm Steve Priest. I'm Thomas Woods. And I'm Brock Martin. Today we'd like to ask you the question, are you okay if people go to hell? This time. All right, guys, tough question to ask. Are we okay if people go to hell? Now, the first thing that we have to ask ourselves is, is heaven and hell real? Which, Brock, I know you want to talk about a little bit. And then if those two places are real, are we okay if people go to hell over heaven? And the only way to prevent that is the big E word of evangelization, which we're going to get into today. Love it. Yeah, and as we do that, let's go ahead and start by diving into the story and the life of St. Francis Xavier. Great saint, one of the, the founding members of the Jesuit order the Society of Jesus. A little bit about him. So he was just a typical college student at the University of Paris in the 1500s, I think. I should know that, like 1540s. Met some amazing friends, guys that you have probably heard of before, Ignatius of Loyola and Peter Favor. Uh, none of them were, were priests yet to my knowledge. But um, anyways, as this Society of Jesus started to come together, St. Francis Xavier was really inspired to kind of go to the ends of the world, to take that call to make disciples of all nations. And he really felt that the Lord was calling him and the whole church to, to push to the Far East as far as you could get. He spent most of his time evangelizing in Goa, India, but he did end up making it all the way to the shores, I, I think of Japan, right before he he died. The Jesuits are amazing. We've, we've highlighted a couple of them before. Amazing that the way that they suffer for the gospel, the way that their zeal for souls kind of sends them all over the world, and Francis was no different. One time he wrote a letter to his fellow Jesuits who were back in Paris while he was over in India, and he wrote very simply, many, many people hereabouts are not becoming Christians for one reason and one reason only. There is nobody to make them Christians. Love that quote. Many, many people hereabouts are not becoming Christians for one reason and one reason only. There's nobody to make them Christians. And I love that the the zeal that St. Francis had when he died, there were pandemonium people in the streets. There was actually a woman who I think ran up and bit off his big toe. Let's go. Um, to keep to keep her relic, which is our, our she's a fan, just, super fan. But anyways, yeah. So Saint Francis Xavier, a great a great example for us. He is one of the patrons of the Catholic Church of Evangelization. Him and uh, Saint Therese of Lisieux are the patrons of evangelization, and so uh, wanted to highlight him. But yeah, Steve, great question. Heaven, hell, death, judgment. Sometimes these are called the four last things, and I don't think we can have a real conversation about uh, evangelization or hell unless we dive into those four things: heaven, hell, death, and judgment. John In John 8, Jesus is in a little spat. Do you guys remember this with the Pharisees? Talking about Abraham. Oh, our father's Abraham. You know, and they're going back and forth. And at one point, Jesus basically says, he says, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded and came forth from God. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. And then two verses later, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. And that's really interesting because he's talking to the Pharisees and the juxtaposition is either God's your father or the devil's your father. And that's really insightful because there are no other options, right? Right. It's either truth, goodness, God as father, or everything that's a father of lies. And I think this gets into this concept of there is heaven or there's hell, right? There's no other option. Yeah, yep. purgatory, but that's you're getting to heaven, right? So right. we'll just group, group that in. And I think this question, Steve, that you led in with is should strike us really powerfully. And years ago, I was, I think, a senior in college having my conversion, and I'm at an event. Curtis Martin is the main speaker, and he's speaking. At one point, he gives this image, and he's like, look, if you're riding up the escalator to heaven, or whatever he said exactly, and you're looking over, and you see two of your buddies, three of your buddies, and they're on that, they're on that ride down to hell, and they just look at you with confusion, and they say, why 
didn't you tell me? Mm. And that's, I think, something, this question that you posed, Steve, it, it, it needs to pierce us and smack us in the face a little bit. And thankfully, Jesus said things that were pretty dramatic because they were true, but also to shake these mm. Pharisees to conversion. Yep. Like, you either follow God or you follow the devil. And for us, we either are on our way to heaven and hopefully taking people with us, mm-hmm. or we're going to hell or letting people go there if we don't share the gospel evangelize. Mm. Yeah, so in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, Scripture talks about the narrow and the wide gate and the narrow and the wide road. And it's another reality. So as you just mentioned, Thomas, that one, heaven and hell are real. They, they exist. They are real places. And two, people go to both. I think a big misconception that we have is very, very, very few people go to hell, right? On, only the, you know, certain individuals uh, of history that we can go back and think of, you know, well, this person, he, he or she is probably there, but there, it's probably not a lot of people. Well, scripture actually tells us the opposite. And this is, it's a, it's a tough teaching that Jesus gives us, just like you were talking about Jesus teaching to the Pharisees, that he says, look, the, the, road to destruction, the road to hell is actually wide and easy and filled with many people. And the road to heaven is narrow and hard and filled with few. And that's like, that's just a gut check to me that says, oh my goodness, well, one, am am I, am I, which road am I on? Which, which road am I on today? Which road do I want to be on tomorrow? What road do I want to take my family on? And if I look around me in my life, the people that are around me, what road are they on? But there's just this reality that, yeah, hell's a real place. People go there. And Jesus tells us in Scripture that m- more people go there. And it's just, it's a scary reality. And and then I have to ask the question, am I okay with people going to hell? Am I okay with the people in my life that I know and love? Am I okay if they go to hell? The answer is no, but I don't always have the answer for what am I going to do about that? Totally. And, and I also think in the Catholic Church today, words like evangelization and discipleship have come, just become so buzzwordy, right? Like people kind of throw these words around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, if you're anything like me, you don't always quite know what that means or what what, it, what is being encapsulated by saying those things. But I love that we're talking about uh, heaven and hell because guess what? 500 years from now, we are going to be in one of those places. Thomas, I think you said that perfectly. Like there's no if, ands, or buts about it. We will be in heaven or in hell. I guess maybe you could be still burning off some time. You probably will be, bro. (laughs) But I do think that that's a a crazy reality because, you know, why why do we want to evangelize or share this with people? Mm. The fact of the matter is if you don't or you you think that other things are more exciting, like your career or your your sports or the things that you're involved in, your hobbies... You're kind of like a you're kind of rearranging furniture on the Titanic, right? Like you're kind of choosing to fill your mind and your time and the things that you want to spend yourself on on things that are are not going to exist yeah. 500 years from now. And and so I do think that there's a there, it's a good thing for us to realize and have that wake up moment of okay, I'm going to be in one of those two places. Everyone I know is going to be in one of those two places. And that there's a great quote from C.S. Lewis who, who talks about this, right? He says that you've never met a mere mortal. Every single person that has ever walked the face of this earth still lives today. Mm-hmm. They're either here on earth, they're in heaven, or they're in hell, or they're mm-hmm. in purgatory. That's crazy. And it's just, it, we need to have this, we need to be reawakened of that reality. Because yep. I think it's so easy for us just to get sucked into life. And then you've got some good guys who are like, hey, no, we need to evangelize. We need to disciple. But we as Catholic men have no idea what that actually even means. Yep. And so uh, we got to set the foundation, death, yep. judgment, heaven, hell. But but what do we do with that? Yeah, I think there's another reality that it, you mentioned the church having all these buzzwords. And the reason the church started to preach on evangelization, not starting with, but in a re- very 
real outward way with Pope Paul VI and Evangelii Nuntiandi, it was new to a lot of people because culture then and even now, and Pope Paul VI wasn't that long ago, we all thought, we as a church, we as we as the people, we all thought it was, it was the priest's job at Sunday Mass from the pulpit to preach the gospel. Or... Or and or we thought that well it's the Catholic school teachers maybe the nuns to teach my kids when I send them off and so I work with our benefactors in focus and these are people who are you know a little bit more later in life and they tell me regularly Steve I sent my kids to Catholic school and none of them go to church anymore why is that and sometimes I have to face the the brutal truth with them and say well maybe because you didn't you didn't know that this was the case but you put all of the responsibility for them coming to know Jesus and to live in their faith on the teachers or the administration of the Catholic school instead of yourself and they they released the responsibilities of evangelization to someone else and i think that's why the church has now swung back and said no this is actually everyone's job as a catholic as a baptized catholic you are called to live out the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations just like any priest bishop cardinal or pope that we have that same call as a laity as husbands as dads as friends as brothers it is our job as men equally as much as anyone else to go out and to preach the gospel amen uh, can i give a shout out quick to the, our listeners across the pond in the united kingdom hey boys love yep. it Keep and germany place. a lot of people in germany and i germany, know listening yeah what's the german word guten tag yeah that's, that's it. i think that means good day i hope that that <laughs> means good day <laughs> email man catholic podcast at gmail if it doesn't yeah the word i love if i get a chance to, to do any kind of training with with coaches or something i love to ask them what do you think of when you f- when you hear the word evangelization like first thought that comes to your mind and it's fun to hear that and probably for you guys out there it's similar knocking on doors mormons riding their bike mormons. shouting at the street corner Right, with these kinds of negative things, which is which is fair, but it is such it, evangelization is is really a simple thing, and we all do it. We all evangelize every day, but it's usually about pizza or movies or music or sports teams, right? We love to share these really cool experiences that we have, and that's what evangelization is. It's just focused on the most important thing in our life, Jesus Christ, and what He did for us, mm-hmm. and it's a simple story that you all can share. And before we get to that, one quick caveat, I, I think it's important just to, just to talk about hell briefly in case some of you listening are still wrestling with why does, why does a good God send people to hell? And I think it's important to process through hell is simply what we choose for ourselves. Yeah. And it means we choose, we don't want to be with God for all of eternity. We have chosen to be yeah. without him. So God respects that and honors that mm-hmm. because he respects and honors our, our dignity. Because hell is just an absence of an God. An absence of God, Yeah. So he respects our freedom. Mm. So that's what hell is. Hell isn't like this it's burning punishment. punishment. Yeah. It's our decision to not be with him. And it sucks. It's brutal. It burns. It's it's a horrible thing because we're made for God not to be apart well, from him. Well, it's the him. absence of all goodness, right? It's the absence of God. Yeah, it's no. the absence of all goodness. Right. But again, that we, but going back to we're all evangelists. And it's, again, it's, look, share about pizza. I love to do this with food. I love food get people excited about food or beer or something like that. Come on, like do the same thing with Jesus. It's not that hard, is it? No, I don't think it is. I mean, the reality is you just said it's a simple story. God created all of us out of love and for love. Like you said, he wants to spend all of eternity with us. Whether we like it or not, Adam and Eve sinned. They, They fell short. And that sin had ramifications because it separated us from God. So whether we like it or not, we are created by a God who loves us 
who desires to spend eternity with us, but that relationship is broken. And there's nothing we can do about it. But out of love for us, God decides to send his son to bear the punishment, to bear the weight, and in a great act of love and obedience, create the opportunity for that relationship to be restored. And now it's up to you and I whether or not we want to participate in that relationship and in his church. And that it's not a hard story. Now, again, there's a lot of weird, we get weird when we start sharing the gospel. We think that we got to do certain things and we got to be a certain way. And, you know, I'm not a professional. So what, what happens if I don't say I was never a focused missionary, so I can't share the gospel. I would love to say two things. One, I just presented the gospel to you. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Two, I want to read to you what Pope Francis says in the 120th paragraph of Evangelii Gaudium. This is the joy of the gospel. It was the- <laughs> Evangelii Gaudium was the apostolic exhortation that came out right after Pope Francis was elected. Is kind of his first big public thing that he authored. And he says in the 120th chapter, paragraph, in virtue of their baptism, all members of the people of God have become missionary disciples. All of the baptized, whatever their position in the church or their level of instruction in the faith, are agents of evangelization. And it would be insufficient to envision envision a plan of evangelization to be carried out only by professionals. Guys, this is for all of us. If you have been baptized, you are capable of sharing the good news of the gospel with your friends, with your family, with your coworkers. It's not just the job of the church. It's not just the job of professionals. And I think that that's a point that we can forget, like you were saying, Steve, uh, because we've kind of grown up and we've been conditioned to think that that, that's somebody else's job. I mean, even just simply saying, Jesus changed my life, I think, right? And, And then bumbling through a story, that's fine. I mean, there's so many other, and Brock, you did it so simply. It doesn't have to be complicated. And I love it. And tying it into our story, I think, is also powerful. Focus came out with this awesome book called The Foundations for Discipleship. And it is available online to buy. Uh, Chris Martin and uh, Dr. Edward Sree are the main authors. I know a lot of people worked on it. And in there, it has a chapter on what the gospel is. And it breaks down to just five simple points. And Brock, you said it so beautifully that I want to break it down so that our listeners can understand what those five points are. The first one is we were made for relationship. So this is called the five R's. We were made for relationship. That relationship was broken by our rebellion. Okay, so relationship is number one. Rebellion is number two. Because we rebelled and broke that relationship, we have to reconcile, number three, with God. And in order for that to happen, Jesus was sent by God to reconcile that relationship. And then we are called to be recreated through Christ, that transformation. And after that recreation, we are called to respond. Okay, so the first one is relationship, then rebellion, then reconciliation, then recreation, then response. There's five points when we're when we're looking at what does it mean to share the gospel, um, we can use those simple five points. But Thomas, what you're getting into is, is why don't we do this? And Brock, you said this too, like we don't have a doctorate or a master's degree in theology, and I'm not a professional, And but Pope Francis says you don't have to be a professional to do this, but we have so many fears, and I just want to kind of call them to light a little bit, because we all have them, right? The three of us sitting in this room, we have shared the gospel, we have worked for focus, we have all and still have these fears. I'm fearful of rejection, guys. I'm, I'm afraid that if I put my neck out there to my neighbors, to the guys that I've been hanging out with for years and playing golf with and softball with, that if I stick my neck out there and and proclaim the name of Jesus that they're going to reject me. I'm afraid of that. I'm also afraid of being embarrassed. I'm I'm afraid that I will look dumb, that they will stop hanging out with me, and this probably goes with rejection, but I'm just embarrassed. And then there are even times, even after all these years, where I feel like I just don't know all the answers, that if they start pushing back, I don't know how I'm going to argue back with that and, and present 
the answers, right? I'm not an apologist on Catholic Answers Live, and I just don't have all the answers right there with me at all times. And if I feel that if I don't, then I'm going to lose credibility, yeah. and they're going to say, "See, you you don't even know your face." So those are some of my fears. I think going off the embarrassed thing, you you mentioned that perception idea, big one. I think for me as well, connected to, to fear of failure. But it's funny because I have a big white van and five kids, and so it's like my perception <laughs> is already shot. We have statues of Our Lady in our front yard. So what's my issue? I, I don't know. I'm just just an idiot, but but the, but it is real. A lot of us yeah. probably do have that perception. I remember I had my conversion really at the beginning of my senior year, bubbling through this idea of evangelization. And even my first year as a missionary, I'm leading guys in Bible study. And every time I said the word Jesus, I was still flushed and kind of embarrassed and just not comfortable with that. So guys, look, it's okay if you start to kind of have a desire like, okay, I want to share the gospel and you're still nervous about it and you're still not 100% confident. The more you do it, the more you will develop a confidence and yeah. and just be ready to say the name of Jesus yep. without turning red mm-hmm. and tucking your tail. Yep. So real quick, I want to jump in, then we'll go to you, Brock. So a couple episodes ago, I mentioned I was training for a triathlon, right? So I did that triathlon. Bragging. It was really, really hard, like way harder than I thought it would be. And it's because I think one, I was overconfident and two, I had not worked I had not um, practiced enough. I didn't train enough for it. You looked good in the wetsuit, though. I I did look very fantastic in in the (laughs) wetsuit. Pictures are not online. Don't worry about it. Um, But going off what you just said, it will get easier the more you do it. So I'm I'm excited for my next triathlon because I know it'll be less hard because I know I'm going to train more for it. This was the first time I had no idea what to expect. I did a lot of things wrong, but that doesn't mean I'm bad at triathlons. It means that I need to go through the motions more and more and more to get better at it. Yeah, going off the just more fears, I think this last weekend we were watching The Emperor's New Groove with my kids. And at one point, Kronk has the you know the good angel and the bad angel show up on either side. Yes. And the good angel's like, oh, yeah, well, I want you to do this. And then the bad angel's like, I'm going to lead you down the path that rocks. And I, <laughs> I think there is a fear about the gospel that living as a Christian is less fun huh. and it's less glamorous yeah. than than doing all the things that the world has to offer. And so I would just add that as a fear because on the flip side, I would say if you went and you interviewed people on their deathbeds in the hospital, hey, what were, the, what were your favorite things in your life? Mm. You're probably not going to get the, oh, this party I went to when I was in college. Yeah. No, they're going to they're gonna talk about their family. They're going to talk mm. about their faith. They're going to talk about uh, the relationship with their kids. Mm. And, and I think it's just a... a I think it's good for us to remember that the things that we're fearful of now, that actually might not be the case when we're when we're looking back on our life. That you know, having as much fun as we want to have isn't necessarily the the thing that we should be aiming at. We want to we want to pursue those things that are true, that are good, and are beautiful, and that we'll value on our deathbed in five hundred, a thousand years from now. A hundred percent. That's if we're not convicted that it is the most important thing in our life to share, then we're going to hesitate. And I think. A- yeah, that's great insight, Brock. I didn't think of that. I think we can be selfish and lazy too. That's another kind of that speaks into the fear. Maybe it's not fear. Maybe it's just a hindrance of why I don't evangelize because I'm busy because it's like, well, I got a lot of things to do. I have to really go over and engage and invest to really evangelize that guy. <sighs> you know, so I, I think for me, that's a challenge. It's just like, it takes uh, love. Do I love my neighbor enough? Back to the question, Steve, you, you threw yeah. out to, to hope that he doesn't go to hell. Yep. Am I willing to do something? And that's a call for me, guys. And hopefully, you know, if that resonates for you, great. But it's something that we're called 
to do. It's part of what it means to be a disciple of our Lord. He's asked us to make disciples of all nations. So the question is, where do we start? What, what do we do? If, if we've never done this, where do we start? And I think the first thing is, well, learn those five R's. Learn, learn what the gospel is. After you're there, we have to pray for the grace to desire evangelization. Because I, I think if we're really being real with ourselves, we're really comfortable where we are. And, and we don't want to evangelize. There's part of us that doesn't want to evangelize, right? Mm-hmm. For all these fears that we just talked about. We have to pray for the grace to desire to evangelize. Once we're doing that for a while, let's start praying that God places people in our life to evangelize. We don't need to uh, go gung-ho and and think about going to find all these people to evangelize, but who has God already put in your life? Write that down. Look at your life right now. If you're listening to this and you are living your faith and you want to evangelize, I promise God has put people in your life right now that he wants you to reach out to. Write them down, start praying for them, and then respond to what I call divine appointments. Because God will put you face-to-face with these individuals for moments that you weren't ready for to then share the gospel. So, for example, block party, 4th of July, uh, just a couple weeks ago. And this uh, this buddy of mine, one of my neighbors, said, uh, so big summer plans. And I said, yeah, actually, my family's going on the Camino Santiago in Spain. And he looked at me, and he grew up Catholic, and he clearly had no idea what I was talking about. And I said, well, actually, it's a walking pilgrimage to the tomb of St. James. And he kept looking at me confused. I got to share like who the apostles were and who Jesus was and how he sent them out to evangelize and how James went to Spain and and was killed. A, you know, he was the first apostle to die a martyr's death and his disciples brought him back to Spain and buried him there. Now people pilgrimage there. I got to share all of this when I wasn't ready to because my neighbor asked me what my summer plans were. I'm sure it wasn't perfect. No. Well, yeah. I mean. Pretty good. Though. Yeah, I would pretty say good. it was pretty good. Yeah, 9 out of 10. <laughs> but w- that was a divine appointment. I had no idea that was going to happen. I didn't plan for it. I didn't know he was going to ask me that question. God put it on my heart to share, so I did. But for context, you've been praying for him for a while. Totally. Like yes. you, You've been asking mm, Jesus yep. for the opportunity. Yeah. And so I want to highlight that because yeah. that, that's exactly what you're talking about. Yes. It's not yep. like it just happened at random. You've no. been praying for this guy yep. for a long time. Yeah. Yep, I have. Number four is be proactive. So after those divine appointments start happening and you get to start seeing who's interested, who's responding, whose interest, you know, perks when you bring up stories like this, that's when you can can actually start a Bible study. And I did this too with my neighbors on the block. Uh, this was about a year ago where I started to find out who was Christian, who was Catholic, and I just brought them together. One night, we had them over for drinks, my wife and I, and we said, hey, we're a bunch of crazy Catholics. We do this thing called Bible study. Like, you guys want to do it? And Every single couple that we invited over said yes. And so we led them through an awesome Bible study. And now, you know, some of them are going to church consistently, which they weren't before. And so beautiful things are happening. And the, the last one is probably the most important one after all of this activity is to praise God for his blessings. And Rock, you had an awesome analogy that I want you to share because we are part of it. It is not just us, but we are part of the process. And the way you explained it was new to me. Oh, cool. If you could share that. Yeah, no. So as we were kicking around this topic beforehand— Sometimes when you get really excited about evangelization, we can forget that evangelization is first and foremost a work of the Holy Spirit, right? That I don't, it's not my responsibility to convert this person. God is the one who is who is doing that. However, and I don't want to get too philosophical, but there's a, a principle in, in philosophy called secondary causality that I think just helps us think through this really helpful. If you put a, a pan on a stove and then put some soup in the pan and you turn the stove on, the soup gets hot. The stove actually isn't touching the the soup, but the pan has no power to heat the soup up mm-hmm. on its own. 
So the way this all works is the Holy Spirit is the primary, he's the primary agent in evangelization. So when Steve is having this conversation with his neighbor, the Holy Spirit is the one that's working on his neighbor's heart. The Holy Spirit's a heat source. Yes. The Holy Spirit is the stove. Steve is just the pan and the guy and his his friend is the soup. Um, So, but if you think about this practically with every virtue, right, as we've been talking on this podcast it's possible to, to have the defect or the excess, and we want to find the mean. Every virtue is a mean. With regards to evangelization, it is possible for you to mentally think that this is your responsibility and that you are the primary cause, and that's an error. You are not the primary cause in evangelization. You're the secondary cause. It's also possible to think, oh, well, if, if God's the primary cause, then I don't have to do anything, yeah. and that is also an error. Yeah. You are a secondary cause. God is the the Holy Spirit is the primary agent here, but for some odd reason, he has deemed it such that you play a necessary role. I play a necessary role under no power of our own. I, I cannot evangelize people on my own, mm-hmm. but Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God the Father has asked me to be a secondary cause so that they can work on hearts, which mm-hmm. means I have to go do I have to go do it. I have to go evangelize. Yeah, you mentioned the the Holy Spirit's the primary agent. Pope St. Paul VI wrote that in Evangelia Nunciandi. If you guys want more reading on what the church teaches, believes, and evangelization, that I think is a spectacular place to start. It's short, it's easy to read, you can get it on online for free, Evangelia Nunciandi. There's a chicken place by my house called Kickin' Chicken. I tell everyone that that's the best chicken sandwich (laughs) in the world. You've taken me there, actually. Actually, you didn't get the chicken sandwich. (laughs) I think you made me get like three entrees that day. (laughs) We need to go back. We actually talked about doing this podcast at Kick and Chicken. Did we? we yeah, should. we did. Oh, we did. We oh, did. sorry. You Not recording, there. but no. starting it. Yeah, yes, the idea of it. <laughs> so my point is, when I, hopefully, Lord willing, get to heaven or am like at the gate, I hope the Lord doesn't say, you told more people about Kick and Chicken <laughs> than, than me. me. <laughs> yeah. Because right now it's a close ratio, but <laughs> can we, Steve, you made this point, I want to underscore it. Can we think of just two or three guys, get yeah. very practical mm-hmm. right now in your life? That maybe 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 they maybe they're Christian, so it's mm-hmm. not like I'm going to introduce this Muslim or this atheist yeah. to Jesus. But maybe they need a maybe they need a little bit more. I mean, or a fallen away Catholic, right? Amen. Like, isn't fallen away Catholic the second leading growing denomination in the world right Something now? Like, it's, like it's like the fallen away Catholic. So we all know fallen away Catholics, and no matter yes, who's do. listening, where you're listening right now, you're thinking of a fallen away Catholic who's a dude that you might be called by God in this moment to to reach out to, mm-hmm. to evangelize to, because maybe they are not on a good road. 100%. And to that, there's there's great resources. Steve, you mentioned the book. You can buy on Amazon. Yeah. You can also go to focusequip.org and find those articles as well that you can download for free. There's yeah. also Bible studies you can lead. If if Steve kind of mentioned, you mentioned leading a yeah. Bible study, if that if you guys are inspired to get a small group of guys and do a Bible study, you're like, what the hell And it's I all do? there. It's all it's there. It's right there. There's yeah. some easy stuff that just lays it out for you mm-hmm. to get started. So go to focusequip.org. There's other great resources out there, Ascension Press Forum. There's, there's different places that are doing really yeah. good things as well, so... Guys, big question. Uh, are we okay if people go to hell? I think the answer is no, right. but I think the, the harder question is what do we do about it? Mm-hmm. And we're called to evangelize. Again, by our baptism, we have been called to evangelize, to reach the world for Christ. And it's through us that that's going to happen. We are the conduit. We are the pan. And and he's the heat source. The Holy Spirit's the heat source. And and there are people out there that are hungering for this, and they just don't know it. Mm-hmm. And and it's our job to bring it to them. So that's it for today. Thank you for joining us on the Man Catholic Podcast. If you have a question or a topic for us, uh, Thomas uh, mentioned it already, but shoot us an email at mancatholicpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to address that. Go out there and make disciples of all nations. God bless. <laughs>